Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Lisa Nicer. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today on this lovely Sunday afternoon. I'm so grateful that you're joining me. Um, because we're going to talk about tax tips every entrepreneur should know. And before we got started, we had a little bit of a lengthy discussion on what people know, don't know, I know, I know. <laughs> I need to know a lot more about finances I'm I'm learning. And um, but we talked about, you know, often people don't even know where to start, what's income, what's wealth, that you know, uh, how, you know. So let's just start there. First, share a little bit about your backstory, what brought you to where you are, because you are a tax and financial advisor. And then we'll go into those juicy questions. Sure, sure. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to talk with you. Um, so I am a tax and financial educator, which means mm -hmm. I'm not a tax preparer. I'm really about helping people not just get their tax return done, but really learn about taxes and finances in general so that they can make good decisions. Because as you and I discussed, we're not taught about money mm -hmm. and we interact with it every single day. And it's really scary and stressful. Mm -hmm. So here's the great news is you're never too old to learn. So if you are open to it, you can completely change not only your life, but like for generations to come. I mean, you can be that change to do it. You just got to put your mind to it. And there's people like me that are out there that are completely open and excited to help you. You just have to be, face your fears, I guess what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but when we were talking about, oh, and I can tell you about my business. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> I run my own business. I've been on my own for 21 years. I started, I was with big accounting firms. And then I started my own practice when I had kids because I wanted more flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew my business entirely through referrals. Um, and the part of my business I like is the teaching side, right? Tax return, tax season. Nobody likes tax season. I mean, mm -hmm. let's get real. <laughs> Nobody likes tax season. Um, but I just, I built the trust with the clients and then they want to learn. And it's been fun over 20 years watching people grow and develop. Um, so it's been fun. And now I'm 
kind of adding on this educational arm where I mm -hmm. either work with individuals or companies to teach them basic personal finance. Mm -hmm. um, companies, it's a great way to do, you know, like financial wellness programs mm -hmm. um, to help because people are distracted when they have money problems. So yeah. that's really where I am. Um, and we were talking about income versus wealth. And this yeah. is something that people really don't understand. So mm -hmm. income is a flow. So it comes in all the time and wealth is a pool, right? So income, if you don't keep working, it, it stops, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's it. But wealth, if you put it in investments, you don't even have to touch it and it's working for you, right? Yeah. So the goal in life is to not work because earned income is taxed more than anything else, especially if you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and to save money and invest it because that's not only it's taxed at like half of what your earned income is, yeah. but you can't spend it all. And so many people are so worried about earning more, earning more, earning more. Mm -hmm. But if you just spend it all and you have lifestyle creep, you're going to be working till you're dead. And it's okay. like, I don't think that's most people's goals. Mm -hmm. I think they want to enjoy life. Yeah. And, and I was telling you, it's like, I work with a lot of pretty high net worth clients and I know that I earn significantly less than them. And I know that I have significantly more saved than them. So it's not about having lots of income. It's yeah. being mindful with what you have. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to do that is to learn a little bit more about it. Right. And you don't have, mm -hmm. and I tell people, you don't have to be an expert because you mm -hmm. should hire someone to help you. I want you to be able to just go, Hey, you know, go to your accountant or go to me and go, I heard about this thing on like the news. Like, does that mm -hmm. apply to me? Because that's mm -hmm. it. Do you mean like you can ask yeah. questions and see if it makes sense? Yeah. You know, I hire people out for lots of things. You, you don't have to be the expert, but especially if you're running a business, you mm -hmm. do need to have some understanding so that you can make a profit. I mean, the bottom line is you have to make a profit to stay in business. Yeah. And Lisa, it's interesting. So many, um, entrepreneurs I've talked to, they get started and most of them don't make it to year five. One gal who did now at year 11, she said one of the pivotal moments for her was the first five years, she would not release anything or delegate. It's like everything had to be her. I'm going to take yeah. care of it all. Um, but really she was working in the business, not the business wasn't working for her. She was working for the business. You know what I mean? So she was almost like an employee yeah. of the business. And when she finally had this epiphany that I need to let go or I'm going to lose everything. It was the hardest moment. She started to bit by bit hire help yeah. and kind of trust them with the process that once yeah. she showed them how to do it. Now, I mean, she has over hundred employees, okay. uh, 11 years in business. And so she's really an inspiration. Um, but that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. They had this idea. I want to work for myself, but it's almost like the business has now become their employer. Instead well, you of can work for yourself. It doesn't have to be by yourself. Yeah, but that's, I think, the, the mindset we get into right. that. Yeah, right. and it becomes, you know, scary to trust and, and, and grow. So how do we get past that even? Well, I mean, I'm kind of an anomaly, but one of the things we did was we saved my entire salary the year I went, before I went off on my own. Nice. So that we knew that we could live on one salary and we had a nice nest egg mm. because even the government knows it takes a little while to get a business going and they'll let you write off a loss for two years um, against your other income. Um, mm. After that, they call it a hobby because if you could really afford to lose money after that, it's it's not a business because you'd stop and do something else, right? Yeah. I mean, you could yeah. do it. But for us, I um, we did that. And so one of the things people can do is sometimes it's not an option. But if it is an option is to figure out what your mandatory expenses are, see where you can save. And if you have that little nest egg, 
it's a lot easier to do what you need to do to get the business going. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh my God, I can't pay my bills. You know, because a yeah. lot of people, sometimes they just kind of, you know, they lost their job during the pandemic mm-hmm. and they had to start and pay your bills. Like, yeah, that's very scary. Mm. But if you can set it aside, also, if you do an exercise like I do, which is a spending analysis, you see what are your wants versus your needs. Mm. Yeah. Our stuff is need, uh, wants, very yeah. little is needs. That's true. You need so to it, eat, you need to clothe yourself, but so much, not, not a whole bunch. Like, all right, but know. let's just be real. We could all probably go two years without buying another piece of clothing and we wouldn't be thrilled, but we'd be fine. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because there were a time when I started savvy where I didn't buy clothes for two years. I, I couldn't really, but the only thing I really, really needed was socks and underwear. Cause they got too right. holy, but the rest were okay. You know, no one really cares if you're wearing the same pants again, it's only yourself. But like, I need one more shirt. I need one more pants, whatever it's. Yeah. You only need so much to clothe yourself. We have more right. than a bunch. And you don't have to get rid of your Starbucks. I like for me, my, my non-negotiable is getting my hair cut and colored. Like oh. that's it. I like, I have to have it look good because I feel good. I mean, I could go without lots of other stuff, but like that's my non-negotiable and that's just, that's it. And you don't have to cut out ever. Nobody says you have to live like that, but there, I guarantee there are things you are overspending on. Yeah, no, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, that $5 Starbucks is not going to do it. Although I make mine at home just fine for 50 cents a cup in my cake up machine. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got a cappuccino machine. Oh God. The uh, something espresso thingy, but it's, it's quite yummy actually. Right. I, I'm surprised at what you can do at home these days that, that weren't an option um, back right. when my parents were, and I was right. younger, but now let's get to tax tips. Cause the one thing that scares people and that's coming in May here for me uh, and other business owners, I don't know if it's the same for all business owners, but um, we're always like, ah, oh, taxes. I already, you know, I'm struggling just to make the profit to grow the business. And now we got to pay taxes. Ah, is there anything entrepreneurs should be aware of when it comes to tax season or how they could? Yeah. So here's the scoop. And um, I have a program for entrepreneurs um, called what entrepreneurs need to know about taxes. And it's really designed to give you an overall view of the, the top things you need to know, right? Uh-huh. So you need to know, and it's not to make you a tax expert. It's to get you to ask good questions. And a lot of it is keeping good records along the way, because yes, you need to know what your P&L is for your tax return. But honestly, that is the least important part of it, because how can you make good decisions throughout the year if you don't have your information, right? So, and then, you know, some of my clients still do it on an Excel spreadsheet or whatever, but I like it in a program because then you can compare this year to last year and you can say, oh, I spent all this money on Facebook ads, did that turn over? Okay, maybe this year I want to not do it and put it into something else. Or I spent mm-hmm. money on a business coach. Oh, look, my business increased by threefold. Oh, that was a good investment. Oh, um, and it. so that way it's not as stressful because the struggle part is like gathering it all up. And it was like, oh my God, you should have it, right? Yeah. So if you do it along the way, and that's why like, I think an accountant and a bookkeeper are really good investments in your mm-hmm. business. Um mm-hmm. And then also learning what is and isn't tax deductible is really important Mm -hmm. um, because a deduction isn't free. It still costs you money. People are like, oh, it's tax deductible. It's a write-off. I'm like, it still costs you money. You just save your tax rate times it. So maybe at the most it's 50%, but you're still spending 50%. Yeah. So if you don't need it, don't buy Right. Yeah. And people like, oh, it's, but a lot of things, even people don't know what they are. I mean, my favorite is Shit's Creek. That's a write off. That's a write off. That's a write off. Yeah. Um, but there are things like um, 
they took away entertainment costs. So it used to be meals and entertainment. Uh-huh. Entertainment's not deductible anymore. I know. <laughs> so yes, you should still take potential clients out, mm-hmm. but you need to be mindful of like, maybe you don't take them out to the fanciest restaurant. You take them out to just a lovely restaurant. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other big one that people really get confused about is your the value of your time is not deductible. Oh, wow. Um, and people say that. So for example, I get this all the time. People are like, oh, well, you should donate tax return prep services to our auction. It's a tax mm-hmm. deduction, whatever. And I'm like, it's not because mm-hmm. it's just my time, right? Now there is value to that. One, you're supporting a charitable organization. Two, you're mm-hmm. probably getting a new client that's probably going to come back. Yeah. They might work for other people. I mean, there's all that. But that actual donation is worth zero. Like there's nothing deductible because your mm-hmm. time is not. So if you're an artist and you paint a painting and you donate it, mm-hmm. you cannot write off the fair market value of that painting that you would sell it for. All you can write off is the supplies. Yeah. Um, and that's a very hard one for people. But like I said, again, there is value to donating and doing pro bono work because you're building your brand and you're yeah. getting your name out there. Exactly. So just being mindful of that, right? I, I did that a lot when I was starting mm-hmm. out. Plus I'm charitable. So it's an easy way for me to do it with not, I mean, I give my time anyway. So yeah. Um, but that's a big one that people are like, oh, but I, I hear back. No, sorry. But yeah. you know, here's something I learned uh, recently that just totally boggled my mind is I always saw getting your taxes back. If you had anything like, you know, personal taxes, oh, look, I'm getting taxes back. Oh, well, yeah. a, a tax person told me, well, you know, that's your money. You right. just put too much into it. How many yes. deduction uh, deductions are you taking? Or you know, I'm, I'm, I usually would do zero because I figured I just don't want to owe anything. He right. said, well, you can make that one at least, or, you know, you and your husband, because basically you're just having them hold your money and then right. just giving it back to you at the end of the year. I'm like, really? Right. He said, yeah. And the same thing with the Biden thing they gave to people during the pandemic, that was your money. I was like, really? No, no the, the stimulus payments weren't, that was free money. Oh, was that free money? That, yeah. that wasn't taxes that they no, taxed us? The okay. advanced child tax credit payments were. But that uh, stimulus was free money. That was free. Okay. That was free. But okay. people are like, oh, you're so good. You got me a big, you know, refund. I'm like, I can make your refund be whatever you want. I could just change your withholding. Right. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, literally, to me, $100 plus or minus is the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what I try and teach people is let's do a projection, get your withholding where you need it to be or pay in estimates to be there. And then let's, so if you're a W-2 employee or whatever, let's just funnel your net pay into two accounts. So like, if you want that net windfall at the end, just stick it in this account that you don't look at, but once a year, do you know yeah. what I mean? And then, yeah, and then maybe you get a bit of interest too. Yeah. Right? And if you have an emergency, you have money. Boom. It's not sitting there. You can only get it once a year from the government. Yeah. And hope right? you don't have an emergency in between there. Right? <laughs> yeah, and a high exactly. yield savings account right now is paying what? Four and a half percent. That's yes. pretty good. Yeah. Why is it so high right now? It's kind of nutters. Well, it's kind of nice because it was really bad for a while. So. I know. No, I, I'm liking it. Yeah. But the it, on the flip side, if you do not pay in enough, the government is charging 7%. No, that's not nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm always... really working with people to understand how that, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you have to pay estimated payments. Yeah. That is very confusing for people. Yeah. And I think it's also psychologically really challenging because when you're a W-2 employee, you get the net and you're like, okay, on the whole, I can spend whatever this is. I should be saving it, but like, this is mine. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, you get the gross amount, you have to pay the expenses and you see all those taxes and social security going out. That mm-hmm. is not fun. Mm-mm. I mean, and people are like, right. 
And that's a other big difference between revenue and profit. So when people say, oh, I made $100,000 this year, well, they might've taken in $100,000, but after expenses, maybe they made $50,000. So don't yeah. get caught up in the comparison of people because until you know their profit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, plus if you made $100,000, but you had overhead plus taxes coming out, that right. was my mistake. For one, the first year I did not uh, file on time because I didn't understand. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And so I didn't file on time. And then I got $1,700 um, charge, or they sent me a letter saying you owe $1,700. I'm like, $1,700, but I didn't make any money this year. And I just started like in September. This was, yeah. And they said, well, the $1,700 is based on what we think you would have made. So then we we do a comparison. Okay, we think you'd make this much. And then we took the taxes on that. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. you need to file your return. Yeah. So then I called them up and I said, but I didn't make it. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to help you file it right here online. Oh, boom, boom. They were really sweet about it here in text. Uh, so they, they helped us follow it online. And then they said, we're going to charge you a $50 penalty. And I was like, eh, you know, I was very happy. That's not so bad. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as 1700, but the point, the point being that I learned for one file on time, do the proper paperwork. Um, but also how they came to the idea of what they charge if they didn't put it through and this is how they did it. So I thought that was, that was interesting. Yeah. And the interesting thing, another thing that's important to remember is, you know, people like, Oh, I'll just extend, right. Mm. Extension is an extension of time to file, not to pay, because if it was an extension time to pay, why would anyone pay it in April when they could pay in October? <laughs> that's true. Right. So you have to guesstimate what you think you're going to owe. You uh -huh. still want to always though file that extension or file your return because mm -hmm. if you owe money, the the payment, the penalty for failure to file is 10 times the penalty for failure to pay. Oh my gosh. So at a minimum, you want to send in an extension, mm -hmm. but you just want to stay on top of it because it just causes more stress. And honestly, yeah. you're not going to have the information better in October than you are in April. Like just spend the time, get yeah. it done. And if you do it along the way, Mm -hmm. You aren't missing stuff. And more importantly, you aren't missing deductions that are valid that you don't remember because it's in your email box mm. or you forgot it. Or, you know, it's like you, you want to take all the ones that are valid and it's very easy to overlook them or miss them if you're just trying to do it at year end. Yeah. Is it a but, good idea to perhaps also, Lisa, to put like a separate, maybe account aside that you put what you yes, think you absolutely need one. So when I sell people to sit up, you can still be a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, but you must keep things separate. Mm -hmm. So if the IRS comes to see you, you need to show them that you are running your business like a business. Mm -hmm. So you need a separate bank account. I have a separate bank account. All my income goes into there. Then I transfer it right into my regular checking account, but it all goes through. Mm -hmm. And then a separate credit card. And the nice thing about using the credit card or the debit card is then it's pretty easy not to miss expenses because it's all mm -hmm. on right? So you definitely want to keep everything separate. The other thing as an entrepreneur is you need to keep a receipt for everything. Mm -hmm. So I would say, say yes to the dress, say yes to the receipt, right? Yes. And so for my personal stuff, I don't keep it, but there is absolutely no excuse. I mean, you could take your phone out and you can use the notes app to scan, or yeah. you could take a picture or you could, you need the receipt. So if they audit you, they don't want to see a credit card statement. They want mm -hmm. the receipts. Yeah. Right? It's not that hard. So I just keep a file folder in my drawer. Mm -hmm. And if it's just a eight and a half, and 11 piece of paper, I, I put it in there. If it's a smaller piece of paper, like from a restaurant, I tape it to a piece of paper. So yeah. it keeps it easier in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I write, you know, lunch with Christina to discuss taxes. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. If it's not blatantly obvious, then it's easy because you're not going to remember. Oh, heck no. Right. And I'm like, come on, I can't remember yesterday. So then I keep it. And Mm. I mean, I'll admit I'm not perfect keeping my books up to date, but then like once a month you can, you know, when you get your credit card, you can go in and you can enter it and then you're up Mm. to date and then you can see where you're at. So it just makes it so much easier if you just stay on top of it. Mm -hmm. And then you have that information to make decisions. So also let's say day one, you've gotten your business license, maybe DBA to start with, whatever you have your business license. They give you a IEIN number. Yes. And they say, okay, set up a separate bank. Do you, uh, you haven't made any money yet. You go set up a separate bank account because now you have a new entity, AKA the business. Is that how it usually should go Mm -hmm. for business owners? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, and because you don't want to mix your personal and whatever, because then it gets all. No, because what happens is let's say you do that and then they audit you and then Mm -hmm. they'll, will look through your personal bank account at all your deposits. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let's say grandma sent you a check for your birthday for $500. They'll be like, well, why isn't that income? Uh Why isn't that income? Yeah. You know, they're like, how do they, you know, and then they're questioning, right? Because here's the thing. If you just have a W2 and you Mm -hmm. have a house or a mortgage, there's nothing to audit. Everything is reported to the government, right? Yeah. When you have your business, you can cheat, Mm. right? It's people write off stuff. So it's very easy to take personal expenses and Mm -hmm. treat them as business expenses. Yeah. So if you are truly running a business, Mm -hmm. you set it up like a business, you have separate bank accounts, you keep your books up to date, Mm -hmm. you know, you a website, you know, whatever it is, like you have to show them that this is a valid business. And then they'll be like, okay, I mean, that's people, they make inadvertent errors. Okay, fine. Yeah. What's the worst that happens? You pay some extra tax. It's not the yeah. end of the world, yeah. but you know, they want people to have a shoebox. box. A, well, my clients are like that because I train them, but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the best thing you can do for yourself is stay organized. And if you're not good at it, I would invest in a bookkeeper. Yeah. It's so important. I think that one of the most important staff members to get started with is an accountant slash bookkeeper. Yes, you know, I think oh, no, I there. could do the numbers like, no, no, no. I know it looks easy, but no, I, I've been working in accounting for 35 years. So uh, yeah, I, I see the importance of working for a number of small businesses that they often, it's the bottom of their list is the finance oh, yeah. team. And, and individuals like, no, no, no. too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they just don't do it. And here's the thing, like, so one of the things that's unique is when you're a W-2 employee, they don't just take out uh, federal and state taxes. They take um, Social Security, Medicare tax. And most yes. people don't even, they're not even aware of it, right? Because yes. they don't even look at the pay stuff. Just right when you're self-employed, you pay twice that because you play employer share and the yes. um, employee share. Well, mm-hmm. those two plus you're with taxes, yes. there's no withholding. So you have to pay that in during the year, right? Mm. So you need to know how much you're making, how much approximately your tax is going to be. So you can set that yeah. aside and you have to pay that in every quarter. He said we could go on for a lot longer. I know we could. Uh, you've gave so much wonderful insights to our business owners, um, but I want them to find out how they can find out more about you, work with you. How could they do that? Absolutely. So my website is just my name, www.lisanicer.com. And it's mm-hmm. nicer with an S. Um, and at the top of there, there is a newsletter kind of um, opt-in. Mm -hmm. And I do not send it out regularly because I don't listen to most people's regularly, but I send out when there's important tax updates. So I have a, um, that's a great way to do it. 
also um, on LinkedIn, I write about taxes all the time. So I'd love mm. for you to reach out and connect or follow me there. Yes. And if you are interested in learning more about my class for new entrepreneurs, it's at www.takingontaxestogether.com. And if you go to my website and you forgot about it down at the bottom, there's a link to it. Oh, great. Yes. (laughs) And it's great because it includes um, a 40 minute video. So um, it covers like, you know, form of business record keeping, um, how income's reported, categories of expenses, Mm. things you think are deductible, but aren't home office, estimate taxes, um, self-employment tax, retirement options. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did it that way because most people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so that way they could pause and replay and, and process it. And then once you've gotten through that, it also includes an hour consultation for me to answer your questions. That's so wonderful. Yes. Because no one can listen to me talk about taxes for an hour. I can't listen to me talk about taxes for an hour. So. I mean, taxes is probably my least favorite subject in yeah. the universe, probably. Uh- <laughs> I don't take it personally. I love yeah. my work and people are like, you like it? I'm like, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, you, really, it's with the essence of it, you love serving and helping people. Right. That's why I like teaching them about taxes and money because then they're less stressed and their lives are easier. I mean, that's pretty fulfilling. Yes. And then now they're empowered and there's so much of our society that's not empowered around money and you're making a difference on that. And so I'm so grateful for you and that you're doing that. And in fact, I hired someone to do my taxes one year and I was amazed at how much money I got back because she knew where to look, where I could pull in money that I didn't even know existed. So mm-hmm. there's that opportunity and the the blessing of hiring someone means you could, yeah, make it may very well more than pay for itself. Exactly. Plus well, it lets you sleep at night a lot better. <laughs> totally. Did I make a mistake? Are they going to audit me? <laughs> right. Well, Lisa, nicer. Thank you so much for coming today to Savvy Broadcasting to share your great wisdom. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.